0: Because sometimes you're gonna win, sometimes you're gonna lose. Sometimes you're gonna save that person, sometimes you're not, you know? And that's something that I think all of us need to understand, is I think we're so controlled by what's the result? Win or lose, what's the result? You lost. And if winning is the only way that you edify your value and your worth, you're gonna live a really miserable life because we all lose, we all fail. Um, It's part of the learning process
1: everyone welcome to health theory today's guest is da Rulk. he's a celebrity trainer known for his role in turning chris hemsworth into the mighty thor and josh brolin into the world destroying thanos he's also the strength and conditioning coach for elite athletes military warriors and first responders as well as some of the most explosive and powerful mma fighters in the game He is the master of transformation, both body and mind. He's the principal trainer for Chris Hemsworth's center training system, and he helped Chris Cyborg develop so much strength that people say getting punched by her is like being hit by a gorilla. (laughs) And dude, talk to me about adaptation. That's one of the things researching you I found the most Mm -hmm. interesting, your belief in the human ability to adapt, which is my absolute obsession. And I wanna know, How do we trigger it? How do we get into adaptation Mm -hmm. response mode? How has that informed the style of training that you do?
0: Right. I mean, I think for me, functional, everyone talks about functional training all the time. And I think functional training specifically is how efficiently our body can adapt to situations, right? Life is just, it's not static. It's always consistently moving. So um for me a lot of my training and my training curriculum came from sequencing in the body's ability to adapt to what situation. do you mean by sequencing sequencing the best way to explain it is if i told you to say the alphabet a to z you yep. could say it but if i don't say it backwards or every third letter or every fifth letter it's figuring out the coding from a certain pattern that we do and the same thing is with movement patterns whether i tell you to move and crawl to a jump to skip to hop your body's consistently trying to learn how to move in those movement patterns right and i think for me um even when i first started working with first responders we'd see first responders that are extremely fit in shape and ready ready for their job but they'd go out there in a fire and they'd get exposed to situations that they weren't used to or accustomed to or prepared for and they couldn't perform right and that's kind of less in real life even though you're physically strong in the gym you'd go out you drop your keys, you pull your back, or you're doing something, you're just not where you wanna be. And I always say that strength conditioning is kind of the third chapter. And then you're the first two are sensory processing and motor planning. And sensory processing really is your body's ability to adapt and taking and in process information that we see through our senses, right? How and we do you, have, you train that? It's something, I think it's just about adapting. For example, if you see an athlete that has like home court advantage, home field advantage, you're in a situation where you're comfortable, you know what to expect, right? Your body has practice there, you know what the, the you know the auditory processing is going to be, you know, how loud it's gonna be, you know, what it's gonna look like, you know what it's gonna feel like. It's your body feels comfortable. So your adrenal system is much more managed, your nervous system get organized much more efficiently, right? But unfortunately, you can't anticipate everything. Right? And really functional strength is your ability to adapt a situation so you can utilize all your strength and conditioning that you work so hard to train for. Uh, fighters are the same way. You go into a specific fight and You're prepared for one thing and you get something else and that's where sometimes there's problems that occur right because your body can't perform at the level that you had practice on you're ready for so i think with processing for me it's always about changing the sequencing of movement patterns and i do that my foundational training modules doesn't utilize any weight right so it's really just focused on can your body move um, so your primary training the modality founda- yeah, the is all modalities. just like It's just body weight, weight movement. I mean, it's, it's purpose-driven movement. I mean, it's not I, like a lot of people do, animal flow and these type of things, and it's great. I think for mobility, it's fantastic. Um, I try to get a little more specific on hinge work and understanding how the you know, the system's going to work and adapt to certain sequences that we move through. Can we move? Can we change the tempo? Can we change the body plane positioning? But there's always specificity in training. How I would train a firefighter is different than how I would train a special ops team guy. I understand the component of focusing on strength, powerful explosive strength and conditioning outside of it. I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's great to have those components in there. My curriculum is just to enhance that, right? To try to help, help train you to organize your nervous system so that everything that you're working so hard to develop on one side, we can apply then over to other aspects of your life. And I think, you know, when you're talking about people that aren't even at an elite level, people that are just starting a program. It's very intimidating to start a a strength conditioning program Mm. because you don't know where to start. Uh, And I I always tell people all the time, I'm I'm a believer in if you cannot move without load, you have no reason adding load to the (laughs) equation, right? You know, if someone can't squat with weight, then don't get under a a bar with Mm -hmm. weight on there. And I think understanding the techniques and the fundamentals are very, very important. All right, so let's
1: go through some of that so if somebody's watching this now they've mm-hmm. long thought about they want to get um into shape or mm-hmm. whatever but they are intimidated they don't know where to start right. where would you have them start? you were talking you know, about how even like if you have a tiny ass apartment and you don't have space exactly. and you can't afford a gym like exactly that's not ex- not no no exactly
0: you're exactly right Todd. i mean i think for me it's always about lowering the barrier of entry right um people are like i'd want to go to the gym but i can't afford a gym right that's a financial component or I like to train at home, there's not enough space. But if you have a backyard you can use, if you just have your living room we can use, we do a little spatial restriction, you stay in one spot. Um, It's just changing the movement patterns of what they're having to do. I like it because the modifications that we can apply to someone who's a beginner or a novice versus someone who's an intermediate to advanced is something we can apply immediately, right? And so I like the opportunities to work with people that are just starting out. They're comfortable in their own house, they get them moving again, start working on building out some core strength or hip mobility again, you know? A lot of people have seen me do a lot of crawling work. Um, If you've seen stuff I've done with Chris and a lot of my first responders, and crawling just specifically is is a foundational movement pattern, right? I think people look at crawling, they go, is it just crawling? Crawling, we all crawl. I can kind of figure out how to crawl. But it's just like saying, can you figure out how to walk, how to run? There's a specific way, there's specific variations you can do with it as far as your, your foot placement, your body plane position, how low your knees are, what's engaging. There's so many variations to a crawl, right? There's so many variations to a squat, all these different movements that we do. Uh, and then can we move from one and transition from one movement to another smooth, in a smooth pattern. So in bodybuilding,
1: so, people will tell you that mm-hmm. like the, if you're only gonna do three things, mm-hmm. do squat, deadlift, bench press. Right. So what is your basic? it doesn't have to be three obviously, but what are the like just basics? Is it air
0: squats? Is it push-ups? What are our sort of general things that people should um, be doing? I think, I mean, there's crawl, like I would say crawling. You get it, just stay holding it. It goes from holding a crawl in an isometric position. Just holding that is very challenging for a lot of people from the center of quad strength, your hip mobility, your core strength, your shoulder stability, just an amazing position just for overall functional strength. So a lot of people that can't do anything, I'll have to just hold the position off their knees and then just drop right back down to their knees. I mean, that's how how we can deconstruct that movement. We could do like a squat positioning. So if you're doing a squat, which is great, you know, like in bodybuilding and power movements, squat is always one of the primary, you know, foundational movements, Mm. Uh, but we do without weight. If if you can't get down, you can brace yourself with your knee. If you're hinged, you can't get low because of your hips, your knee. Uh, There's ways to brace it by holding your body weight and reducing the body weight on it. But getting used to getting down and just getting your body moving is the key. I think we overcomplicate our training by saying well what piece of equipment do we need you know what's gonna smash us I don't really believe in smashing people you know I mean that whole boot camp like just smash people I get it I get it we feel after accomplished after I've accomplished. seen your Instagram though homie mm-hmm. and like I will say <laughs> that you seem to be smashing yourself a lot of times you know for me I do a lot of long cycle work like for example when I did a 5k bear crawl right I always am intrigued by when you're crawling for example to see what areas of your body will start to break down because if you're doing like snatches there's a high probability that you're going to pull something or injure something because now you're moving weight through a load you're going to be fatiguing your technique comes off right on a body weight movement you can control your body Mm. you can slow down you can modify the movement etc but can you continue to go through so number one from a physiological perspective i kind of wanted to see how you know what areas of my body are my weakness is my shoulders my even my ankles my wrists what's happening and secondly is that mental component, because I'm a firm believer that any type of exercise program, you need to be able to be mentally strong in order to sustain it, right? Because I don't believe in motivation as much as I believe that you have to apply discipline, right? And consistency of that discipline over time. Can you, you build have, that? You can, but you have to find purpose. I think your GPS system, your core base is your purpose. If you don't have a purpose for doing something, it's very hard to sustain that, right? It's very hard to do when you don't want to do it because you're like, why the hell am I doing this? This makes no friggin' sense, right? And so I'm a firm believer. My family is my purpose. So I do things for that. And it's amazing how much you can overcome, uh, you know, that discipline when it's a standpoint of like, you don't want to do something and you're like, I got to stay consistent with it. What was your thing though, before Mm -hmm. your family? So I'm guessing that you were yoked before you had kids. (laughs) I I don't think necessarily I was ever yoked, um, but I was just always, even I remember when I was young, I was just fascinated um, with ability of the mind to overcome things. I used to see, I remember, you know, the the Eastern Bloc at the time, Russia. Why they were so much stronger than the U.S.? Are they physically just born stronger? I don't think so. I mean, what is it about their mental strength that there is? And I think getting back to that long cycle, can you sustain a set thing for a long period of time? Because you go to a dark place. When you're crawling for a set period of time, you're lunging for a mile, right? Whoa. Right? You're lunging for a mile. Everyone can lunge. Or if you, you know, People that have knee issues, maybe not, but if, for me, lunch my it hurts, but can you get there? Because there's a part where you're like, this is stupid, <laughs> right? You're like, why, why am I doing this? This is absolutely stupid, but then you start to just keep pushing. And that carryover, crossover to life is what I find fascinating, right? Because that's life. We go through stuff and we do it and you just get to the point where like, I don't, I don't wanna do it. Do you remember the process of building your mind? You know, it's interesting. There's a lot of failures for me um, or things that you go through where you break mentally. It's hard because I think when you give your best effort, what you feel your best effort is and you don't succeed or you're not at the level of proficiency that you would hope or strive to be at, it's discouraging, but that's so much of life. We go through things that sometimes are, are challenging, in this adversity that we don't anticipate, right?
1: Agreed, what I'm trying to get to is, so mm-hmm. I remember building my mind, and right. so knowing how you've helped people transform, knowing right. your beliefs about adaptation, right. it's like that seems to be something that you're incredibly good at, and I was wondering how much of that is, that's through your question. own journey of that's transforming your body, like, do you remember what you had to you do know, that's in your a, mind? That's a, you've a, always been mentally no, the, And that's
0: a great question, is I think, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, I got, I was severely bullied. I got, I remember getting bullied when I was a young kid. And uh, getting bullied, I remember, um, you know, you fear, you feel um, scared, and you feel helpless. And um, my dad was always into fitness. My dad was a, a LAPD. And so my whole life was surrounded by exercise, right? But He'd always have us, no weights, have us do push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups. But for me, it was just kind of, I, I kind of delved into that, is really just really kind of getting into that exercise component, for me anyways, because it was kind of my time. I controlled it. I took uh, ownership and equity of that time. It was something I could control. So I started to realize, I mean, there's some kids that are always just gonna be stronger than me. There's gonna be some kids that are gonna be faster or, but one thing I could control, I realized was my ethic, my work ethic and I realized that very young, is that you can't always dictate the result, right? The results will come because there's a lot of factors that will come and that's applicable to all aspects of life. But your effort is something you can. If what, you decide to quit. What's your dad saying to you at this point? Because is like some deep wisdom for Yeah, no, kid. I think, I think my, my dad was just always like, just get it done, you know? There's, a, there's an old Hawaii saying um, that, if, that I even use today, always can, which is, if can, can, if no, can. Still can. Always <laughs> can, right? Just like, just do it. Because I think at the end of the day, my dad was just like, find a way. You know, that was always the thing. Find a way. Just get it done. Find a way. You're okay, but find a way, you know? And he was really someone that was always telling me, like, no matter what, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, just don't quit. Don't stop. And it was something I really took to heart. And I think it's something I apply now. And I try to um, instill in my kids and, and anyone I work with is that whether you're fighting, whether you're fighting a fire, whether you're you know, on deployment, whether you're you know, a police officer, no matter what you're doing, even if you have the best of intentions, you got to just keep trying because sometimes you're going to win, sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes you're going to save that person, sometimes you're not. you know, And that's something that I think all of us need to understand is I think we, we're so controlled by what's the result, win or lose, what's the result, you lost. and. If winning is the only way that you edify your value and your worth, you're gonna live a really miserable life because we all lose, we all fail. Um, It's part of the learning process. You know, people always say either win or you learn. It's so true, so fucking true. Because if you don't understand that, then you just live your whole life being dictated by getting you know, uh, affirmation from those around you, from this or that, from what you get material things that you're able to grab, it's all that, right? And when you start to understand that it's about the effort, then you start to understand, listen, in everyone, there's people in situations that are in really crappy situations and people that are going through really miserable times. And that's where the brightest lights sometimes come from. And if you look at those people with the brightest lights that come out, why? What is different? Because they could have very easily went the other way. Mm. It's usually those that have purpose and dictate that I'm going to get out. They made a decision. They're doing it for their mother. They're doing it for their kid. They're doing it for some reason. And I think it's something that we all find through our journey, our evolution of life. You know, I mean, early on, if you, if you were to talk to me in my twenties or maybe in your twenties, we're totally different people, right? You're like, I just want to crush it. I want to do this. I want to do this. And that's great. But then you get to a point where you're realizing that really doesn't matter as much as, you know, when we're, when it's all said and done, what have you done to make things better? Or maybe you don't give a shit. Okay, then that's fine. Then there's those people. I'm just saying, there's those people too. But I I tend to be one of the people that give a shit. (laughs) Let's talk about first responders Mm -hmm. who freeze.
1: How much of getting over that is mental and how much of it is the
0: sequencing and the protocols to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, it's interesting. I I think for first responders in general, they're, they're a different breed. Usually those that go in there are just trying to help. They want people, they're people that want to be uh, involved in that, that community, that tribe, and they love to, you know, help people. I'll just use firemen for example. And I think, That the mental component for them is is that mental fatigue right that they run into mental health is a major issue with first responders now because i think one of the things that goes into it is that guys go into a situation where you're police fire military you go damn it i didn't do my best i i don't know what the hell happened i should have known better i did this and they second guess themselves um and a lot of that is because they can't control it you know our body is in a fight or flight mechanism right so it doesn't really give a shit about hey, go in and save everybody. It's just like, they gotta worry about me. literally, that's what the body cares about. Like, let's keep you safe and alive. Uh, and some things shut down, right? They can't see as well, they can't hear as well. Um, and for me, that's why I wanted to create that system of, of something they can consistently do that are gonna help them move better and process things a lot faster, you know? And that's just getting them accustomed to moving in different movement patterns under duress. Um, How do you create the duress in training? Um, a lot of it is just the fatigue component of getting them through different movements and having to challenge them move it. Because sometimes, it, you know, muscle fatigue is one thing, you know, and you get to a point where your lactic acid's at just a max threshold, and you're just like, dude, I can't move anymore. But I try to move things where they can still move, but it's very challenging, their heart rate's up, you know, um, it's uncomfortable, they're hot, so they're, their body's having to deal with their body temp. Um, if where there's like a visual restrictions, they can't see very well, auditory restriction where you take away some of their hearing, maybe we cover one ear, they have one ear out. It's just the body having to understand it because the body's like, what the hell? I can only hear out of one ear now. I can only see out of one eye. Can't see the different textural things and the body stresses out. So the adrenal system stresses out because there's a sense of like what's happening. It's trying to figure out what's happening. So it's kind of a mix in regards to first responders. That's how I like to, to, uh, to develop it because mm-hmm. then I feel that these guys are in there, they get more familiar with using, using their equipment when they're under stress when they're out of breath, but we're not putting them at any risk, right? Because these guys, whether it be first responders or anyone, they're not trying to be professional workout artists. They're just trying to utilize the training to make them more proficient at what they do. And that's my job. That's why smashing and stuff, like for me, I push myself, but it's a lot of it is you don't see me like lifting a million pounds. I just, I'm not that, there's guys much stronger than me, guys much faster than me, more conditioned than me. But I just for myself try to see if I can push myself a little bit farther beyond what I think I can do, when I wanna quit. Because really that is something that's gonna to apply to fire, police, military, is that it's hot, I'm tired, I can't get there, but there's two more people need to get saved. Do I just give up? You can't, they gotta push past that, right? Push past what they believe is possible. Um, but if they've done it in training time and time where they're that fatigued and they learn that I just keep pushing, mm. just keep moving, there's a crossover, right? If you look at the, the most expensive computers in the world, they aren't the biggest, they aren't the smallest, they have the fastest processing. The processing speed is very important. And can you maintain that? If I take away and you can only stand on one eye, here out of one ear, you know, and you can only use one arm, are you gonna freak out because you, you've been restricted or are you just like, I'm all right, I can do this. We so just keep moving and focus and manage your breath. And um, we have five senses, but we also have a near and far senses of, you know, perception and vestibular. Right? So our ability to kind of find our balance and our regulation is very important. Because when I find- what proprioception is. a lot of the balance. You know, when you run into a balance issue, we've seen, pro, you know, people work on their proprioception on, on maintaining balance. Vestibular, much more, much more on your uh, your inner ear. Like for example, if you get vertigo, you know, in try is to manage proprioception,
1: that. is that basically biofeedback? It's being able to read what a lot your body of that, is
0: telling you? Yeah, because a lot of that too is, is your ability. A lot of people find, where's my balance come from? Is it my hip mobility, hip stability, ankles, feet? Yes, all of the above, um, but it's also your ability to control your, your heart, rate, control your mind and focus, right? These are all elements of it that I love to de- kind of deconstruct you know, the movement patterns of individuals and assess it, and it's hard. I know that people are like, hey, what do I do? It is, it's important, but I think that's why trying to build curriculum in a platform where people can go in there, do a, a, their own assessment and understand where they are and their limitations are, and not only their physical restrictions, but sometimes, fuck, life gets in the way. I got four kids or, you know, I'm working all day long. How am I going to get this done? You've got to make it something that can fit into their schedule. And um, I try to oh, think demystify it. And it's overcomplicated sometimes. We just need to learn how to move and understand how to move in a proper way that's going to help us, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to take that to the next level of talking about, you know, sensory processing and sensory training and first responder training or for para athletes or for, whoever we're dealing with, it's a much different, right? Or people with actual physical restrictions and limitations that they just can't do it. There's things that you have to work around, but that, oh, that always can mentality is something that resonates with me, is there's always a way. We always find a way. Um, and I think when you have that mindset, that applies to every aspect of your life. And really that's what it's about, right? It's great to be great in the gym, but if you're weak-minded outside of the gym, what, what does that even apply to you? You're just strong in the gym, great. Mm-hmm. but. That's not going to carry over. That's great in your gym life. If you're in the gym one hour of the day, what about the other 23 hours of the day? So I like to find things that are going to cross over that we can apply to other aspects of our life.
1: Mm -hmm. So talk to me about the can-do mentality. I know your son was hit by a car Mm -hmm. and just shattered his leg. Yeah. So how have you guys, one, kept him positive, two, built back from that? Like Mm -hmm. what's that
0: protocol look like? You know, it's funny. My son is far... Far stronger than me at, at uh, his age. Um, he, we were going across a crosswalk. Um, we waited, then turned green. We walked across, cars coming on the other side, speeding through, didn't look, it just turned right into him and just ran him over, mm-hmm. like right in front of me. So it was a gnarly process. I mean, it's been like three years down. Fortunately, he's recovered from all his injuries. Um, but it was, it was hard because, you know, as a dad, I always wanted to protect my kids from everything. Um, not necessarily shield them but be someone that they can count on that would always keep them safe and i remember when he was hurt he looked back at me he's like hey dad you said you always protect me what happened he was scared and dude it crushed me dude and uh uh it was hard because i think it shattered my because i always thought hey i'm strong enough to protect my kids but realizing that anything can happen at any time um life just happens you know Um, A lot of positive came out of it, and he has a very positive outlook on it. And um, if you ask him now, he always says, you know, I would never change it. You know, I was like, you got hit by a car. He goes, I wouldn't change it, Dad, because so many great things happened from it. He met a lot of different people. He saw the outreach of people. It forced him to kind of get out of his comfort zone um, and really push, you know. Sometimes it's amazing being a dad. You start to look at, you get a chance to look at the development of these amazing humans um, from a different perspective, you know, you love them so much, but then you also get to see how they develop. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. You know, um, you see the aspects that they're stronger in you and the areas that you can help support them in. But I think that, that incident really taught me that you just, you have no control of anything that you think you do. You know, I was my whole thing is protect the family. Like like I can control it and he can. not And I think, that's the unpredictability of life, and that even goes back into the functional training component, really. Like, you know, flipping tires and, and hitting rope, that's functional, I guess. You know, it's different out of the box training, but functional is can you operate in life when thing, unexpected things happen? Can you manage yourself? And I hope that those small little victories that, that people get from finishing a workout or getting these things are things that they could apply to other parts of their life, right? Because if it's just working out, I just feel like it's just you're cutting yourself short. What's something that you taught him during that process? Hmm. Interesting. I think one of the things um, I kind of taught him is to believe that, the you know, the impossible is possible. So he was just getting into, you know, sports for the first time and he was excited, kind of making new friends. And then this happens. And. And I think he was like, you know, I tr- finally try and then this happens. You know, it was kind of like uh, from a fourth grader's perspective. Sure. I tried Dad, and then this happens. I mean, what's the use, right? Why should I try again? Or, you know, it's going to be impossible. I mean, like it's never going to be the same as it was before. It's impossible. And I think I had to dig deep because there's that fear that in my head, I was like, maybe he's right. You know, maybe it's not. Do I just, do I just tell him that it is? And maybe it's bullshit. Am I just bullshit my son? <laughs> right? You what know. did you tell him? I said, one day at a time, I told him, I think I tried to manage his expectations. I just said, let's just get it stronger. Let's heal the bone first, let's Heal the bone. So You got to rest. You got to take your, you know, take your supplements, your nutrients, get the rest you need. Keep stretching, do the, you know, I kind of just keeping him on specific tasks. Mm. Um, and then one task, the bone heals. Okay. Now let's get the muscle stronger. Okay. Muscles getting stronger. Let's work mobility. Right. And f- that's from a physical perspective, I think the hardest thing was mentally trying to get him past it. You know, I have this thing called Mission 120 that I started, he was actually from him when he was young, much younger, like six or seven, that he asked me what, hey dad, is there anything more than 100%? And I was like, yeah, there's uh, 120%. <laughs> I was like, you know, like when a sprinter's running through the tape, they don't stop at 100 meters, they run 120 meters for top speed. You gotta go past what you think is the finish line if you really wanna get your maximum effort at, your, you know, at the end he's like, oh, that's interesting, Dad. He goes, do you do that, Dad? I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, no. I was thinking, of course, to him, I was like, oh, yeah, son, of course, knock it out. But in my head, I was like, oh, my God, that was like reality check, right? I was like, damn. (laughs) So at that point, I kind of made it my mission to always try to do um, more than I believed was possible. And I started to see so many results from that. But I think getting him through it was something that I, I just kept telling him, listen, just one day at a time. Stay, You know, and it wasn't so much about stay positive. It's just like, stay focused on on your task. This is the goal. there are going to be days that you just feel like crap and you don't want to do it. It hurts a lot and you have doubts and that's okay to have those days. And I think allowing him to be okay with having those days, I think I found that it helped him more than if I said, suck it up, Mm. suck it up, just go, right? Because inherently that's us, because I allowed him to kind of express his frustrations they tell me how frustrated you feel. Are you scared? It's okay to be scared. Are you frustrated? Um, you know, Tell me your anxiety in regards to this. And it hard, took a while to get it out of them, but I found that once you get it out, and that's a whole thing, right? I mean, talking about first responders and, and all of us in general, we have so much of a mental block that happens that we just don't want to do it because of fear or anxiety or past failures or whatever the case is, and it just stops us. And I think rather than saying, screw that, go, push past it, we all hear that, but that's not reality. Yeah. You push past it, but that, all that crap that was back there still sitting in that room, just building up like a closet. You just keep throwing boxes in there. Eventually that door is going to swing open. All that crap's going to come out and you're carrying all that excess baggage. So I'm just a firm believes just have that line of communication where I think I have that with my boys and it's much more just, Hey, let's talk about it. And, um, we can be scared. You can have anxiety. Um, it allows people to come to grips with that feeling and realize that they can rise above it. If you just deny that feeling, it just doesn't make sense. It works from a very short period of time. And even if you're able to sustain that for say 10 years, there's gonna come a time in your life where it just breaks down or it causes other hang-ups, hang-ups. because because you're trying to fix this circuit, this circuit doesn't get, you know, does apply. So it applies to your relationships or other aspects that you would not want, you don't understand why. It's just a lot of it's because this circuit needs to be fixed. So um, I think coming to terms with all emotions is important. Driving them down doesn't make sense to me, you know? And so, you know, when you're talking to apply the applications into fitness is that, you know, being discouraged or, you know, feeling very, you know, you don't have lack of confidence. You know, you're not self-confident. Uh, you feel, you feel funny about how your body looks. You don't feel strong. You feel weak or all these different things rather than saying, you know, screw it, we do it anyway. Yeah, you can, there's elements of that, you have to push past it, but if you don't come to grips with, that's okay when you feel that way, but just do it anyway, we try it anyway. Um, seems to work better for me in my, my own personal relationships and with my kids and how we deal with, with clients and first responders, it, it's, I think they feel like you, you give a shit too, right? Yep. Yeah. What did he teach you? Um. You know, I think his resilience is something that I always see every day. You know, um, he has his own things that he struggles with in his life, but he always tries to have, um, an attitude of, even if I'm not in the greatest of moods, dad, I'll I'll try, I'll try. Right. And that's all I ever want is my son to just feel like I'll try. And if I can get that across to anybody is just try because you can control try, right? Can't control do all the times because maybe it just doesn't work out, but you can control try. And I think in my life, as I you know, continue to do things and I've been very blessed with a lot of different things that are happening, there's always that anxiety of what if, what if this, what if not? Um, but you're just like, listen, I'm just gonna do my best and try. And however things shake out in life and however things shake out on projects, they do. Um, and we just move from there. And I think that's something that um, I've learned from him, I consistently learned from him, is to have that attitude. And I think if we can all apply that attitude, then sometimes that the greatness is right behind that I try wall, right? Where you're just like, nah, screw that, I'm not going to do it. But you're just like one step to get to the other side. And maybe you're not. Maybe it's still 50 steps away, but at least you're one step closer to where you were yesterday. right? Mm-hmm. So think just trying is important and you know, the trying leads to can right? and the can in terms of do so I'll try then I can and then I'll do
1: what what are your thoughts around the pursuit of greatness like you have a very mm. um, relaxed demeanor in terms of you're not trying to crush people mm-hmm. you're not like fucking suck it up yeah um but yet you've achieved some pretty extraordinary things in your life. Your clients have achieved extraordinary things in their lives. Mm -hmm. So you obviously have some relation to the pursuit of greatness. Like how do you think about it? You know, I think
0: it's, and with my training many times, you know, when you hear me, I have like a really raspy, like kind of loud voice. I'm like, let's go, let's go. And don't get me wrong. I'm definitely someone who will push you to the limit. But I think as I, as I kind of say every time with greatness is that, In the pursuit of greatness, you have to have purpose. If you don't have purpose, your own personal purpose for doing it, what is your reason for being great? Or is there a purpose? If you don't know that yet, you have to first get that because you're gonna have a hard time applying the two elements that are required to get there, which are discipline is always required. I think everyone can do hard work, but can you do hard work day after day, can you have that discipline, even when you don't feel like it, and the consistency? Can you be consistent with that discipline mm-hmm. to achieve that? But those two elements without purpose mean nothing. So the pursuit of greatness, I think is finding your purpose and it's really what drives you, what wakes you up every day could be your, your significant other, it could be your kids, it could be your job, it could be a vision or some, a dream that you have, whatever it is, you need to have it. Like with fighters, it's, they have grueling schedules, but most of them, their purpose is they want to be a world champ. Great. You want to be the best and that's your purpose, then every aspect of your life needs to f- be in line with that. Okay? Because if it's not, having great talent is is good, but it's not enough. Mm. It's just not enough. You know, I mean Jordan knows Michael Jordan says all the time, people look at him and go, Oh, he's so talented. But no one worked harder than that guy. Kobe, same thing. You know, oh for He just his work ethic and his discipline, his consistency. He just wanted to be the greatest. Great. Your purpose is to be the greatest basketball player ever but you got those two elements to kind of get you there. So I think deconstructing the elements, the ingredients of the recipe are important. People just want the end product to eat it. Oh, this is good. But what's in the, what's the ingredients that you need to put it in there? And people are like, I'll work my ass off. Good. Let's check box one. That's fine. It's like I have eggs. That doesn't mean you're make cake, bro right you know what i'm saying so what are some of the other things in in all the people that you've worked
1: with Mm. what are some things that you see in common between the ones that really achieve that level of greatness i think one
0: other aspect i've always talked about discipline and consistency but i think being humble in your training because being humble you're open to feedback Mm. right i think being humble and feedback that's in business that's in training you know it's in sports and first you have to be humble because there's always others that have another perspective that you didn't see. Um, they may have experiences that you haven't gone through yet that they can then give to you. I mean, if there's someone that went through an amazing experience of building this amazing company and they're like, hey, Tom, let me talk to you. And you say, no, I don't need it. That makes no sense, right? Listen, let's listen. Maybe there's an aspect. Maybe you only take one, 1% of what they say, but that 1% is diamond, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's the same way as you'd be humble because they're open to um, listening and, and if you have, if you're humble in the journey, you're disciplined in your tasks, you're consistent with that discipline and you have the purpose, you're friggin' unstoppable bro. So you may, may or may not become the world champ or the best of the best, but I tell you what, you'll be the best that you could be. Mm. So that's what I do, just do my fucking best every time. That's, you can walk away and sleep well. No, and I did my very best. It sucks that I didn't win, sucks I didn't get the task done. In, if, of course every loss hurts or every, you know, failure hurts, but it hurts a little bit less if you understand that it's just one, one battle on the full journey. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think you can have purpose in a specific area in your vocation or your sport or whatever you're doing, but you have to also, I think, fine tune and find your end goal. What's your end game? What's your legacy game? Like when it's all said and done, do you really care? You want to die with the most money? Cool. You want to be most famous person, cool. Or do you want to affect as many people as possible? And that's where I kind of slot in. Because life becomes much more fulfilling, right? Because you're like, you're doing this for a friggin' reason, right? You're not just doing this because you're for shits and giggles. You're actually, you're making a difference. And there's nothing like that. It sounds corny shit until you do it. And you feel it and you're like, wow, yeah. It's a big deal.
1: When you talk about your kids being your purpose mm-hmm. and you wanting to impact people, how do you keep that present in your day-to-day life when it's getting fucking exhausting? Do you have a photo of your kids anywhere you around your neck? Like, is it the 120% where it's like, I fucking told my son that this is yeah. real and I'm gonna make it real? Like, you've made it very clear that purpose is critical. Mm-hmm. That purpose is the thing that will show up for you in yes. the dark moments. Yes. I don't think it will show up on accident. I think people have to create a way to hold that thing in their mind or to conjure it in their mind Mm -hmm. in the dark moment. And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering how you do that.
0: For me, it's, I sometimes in the dark moments, I kind of lean back on, and I, I, like I said, I have the always can, the the mission with twenty all these things, but I think it really comes down, I try to simplify it as much as possible. And it's just, at the end of the day, my kids, my family are going to watch what I do, not what I say. It's what I do. So I can talk a big game and say it, but when the time comes with my clients, everything I talk about, if I don't do it, it's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's all bullshit. So be an example, and it sounds corny, but at the end of the day, that's what it is, is I'm not trying to press anybody, but at the same time, I I gotta do what I say. And I think it keeps me, it keeps me on um, in line with what my goal is, what my purpose is, and I feel the weight of that, and it's a good weight. It's not a bad weight for me, you know. Um, the good weight is just get it done, because one of the days I don't feel like doing the discipline component, it falls back into it. Get it done, do my best, consistency, do my best, get it done. Um, and I think the last thing about being humble, is, and humble in a journey is also being willing to accept support and accept from those around you. That's one of the hardest things people have, right? Because we're so used to, especially from an entrepreneurial perspective or people that have done things on their own for a long time, the strongest people are like, I got this, I don't need help. But dude, we all need help, you know? And I think we have to realize that. When you realize that, you become so much more powerful because it's not just you anymore. It's now a team around you. Um, and I think that's important. I think it's very important that those components are all become you know, threads of your DNA. And that's over consistency, over time, right? It doesn't happen overnight, but we're creatures of habit. And if that becomes your habit, it's much easier to maintain it. So where can people learn more about you? Um, so I have Instagram, it's D-A underscore R-U-L-K de but. Um,
1: yeah. If you were going to have people make one change that would have the biggest impact on their health,
0: what change would you have them make? Um, I think it's really just not to overcomplicate it and really just move, just get moving, whether that's walking, whether that's incorporating some of my training curriculum. Um, but don't let yourself get intimidated by, um, the possibility of, of, Getting in better shape. I think many times people are have gone down the journey and failed so many times. They're like, I don't even want to try anymore, right? Or they just it just hurts too bad. But just understanding that, just move. Don't overcomplicate it. Get out, walk. Because I think people look at an exercise program. They're like, screw that. I don't have the time. I'm too hurt. Too out of shape. Just move. And I think one one step leads to the second. So if we can just get more mobile, and start moving around a little bit more then you're more inclined. Okay, let me do that on a regular basis. Let me try to increase intensity, et cetera. But I think all of us try to get exposed to, uh, try this new workout, try that new workout. And it's intimidating and we get hurt and things happen and we don't feel good about ourselves. So I try to I try to tell people just kind of go with an open mind and um, you know, just move. And um, I'm happy just to see people moving. You know, uh, I'm a, I'll be the biggest cheerleader for everyone that can get that done, so. That's awesome. Well guys,
1: I think that moving is very good advice and anybody that is helping to train first responders certainly gets uh, my vote of confidence. I highly encourage you guys to check out what he's doing. It's really cool and he's being very humble, which I uh, said is one of the keys. Uh, but truly, he's got some amazing stuff. Check out his Instagram, see what he's up to. I think it will help. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.